what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome. Welcome to The Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to doers, creators, entrepreneurs, innovators, CEOs, artists, producers, authors, uh, all of you in and around the world that are doing things differently. You are anti-status quo. You are disrupting industries. You are wanting to challenge the norms in society so you can create something new and dynamic that is you know, resonating with your soul, if you will. And each week, we're very fortunate that I bring on guests from in and around the world that are also doing the exact same thing in some capacity, whether it's their first venture, their 50th venture, uh, you know, they are truly dedicated to uh, what's happening in real time and constantly elevating their own game, if you will. And as many of you guys know, I always say that we're not here to glorify, glamorize, and success. It is not overnight. Every one of our guests will certainly tell you it's not overnight. And, uh, you know, when you see that we're all, we're all experiencing something along the way that we're, we're, you know, a common theme or or something that we're very passionate about that, you know, we're, that is part of our journey and is unique to each of us, but also uh, very relatable to all of you, right? As you guys know. So I appreciate each and every one of you guys tuning in. Uh, the podcast has been actually growing quite, uh, fast lately. So I really appreciate the new, the new listeners as well as the old listeners. For those of you that are new, I'm Matt Gottesman. You can find me at Matt Gottesman on Instagram, at Hustle Sold Separately on Instagram, and at HDF Magazine if you want to join in on the conversation on uh, the intersection of culture, creativity, and entrepreneurship. We talk a lot about you know what goes on in the journey there as well. And you guys know I answer each and every one of your DMs, texts, uh, voice notes, you name it. I appreciate each and every one of you guys. And we're going to dive right into it. Looking forward to having this conversation today because we're going to talk about forgiveness and how to forgive is an insanely important topic. And I've uh, we're bringing back on a guest that we've had before. She was on episode, I believe, 116, and she was a phenomenal guest. And the moment that this book, this new book of hers launched uh, and they asked, hey, you know, you want to do another round? I said, yes, like emphatically. <laughs> yes, because it's I think it's a it's a very, very. Uh, important topic. And so I've got Amy Newmark. She's a publisher, editor-in-chief, and author of a very small little brand called Chicken Soup for the Soul book series, as many of you guys know and are familiar with. And before I get into the bio, you know, this idea of forgiveness, um, the reason for me it has resonated with, uh, with me is because of the amount of inner work that I have done over the last six, seven years. Um, while very fortunate to come from a very spiritual family, um, you know, on our own path, we learn a lot about uh, who we are internally and how we're showing up to the rest of the world externally from that inner work. And a big, 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 big part of that is not just forgiveness of others, but also forgiveness of ourselves, especially if we guilt ourselves and, you know, just things that didn't go right or things that we held on to our own mistakes or we could have done something better. We're always operating from hopefully, you know, the decisions that we can from any particular place and given the information that we have, good or bad. And I don't even like using labels like good or bad. So the fact is, um, you know, it happened. It's the past. You have to learn to really be kinder to yourself. So it's a very, very big topic for me. And so we're going to get right into it. I want to I want to queue up Amy. You know, she's been on before, but just for those of you that, you know, that are new, um, she is the woman responsible for the um, the last 165 Chicken Soup for the Soul books. 
And uh, she's put all those out since uh, she and her husband bought the company in 2008. We talked a little bit about that in episode 116. Um, and then she, just a quick little background, she went to Harvard uh, and started her career in a completely different field, as, as some of you guys might remember, uh, spending many decades on Wall Street in the uh, worlds of technology and finance. Uh, but uh, she, you know, quickly... Uh, now, I shouldn't say quickly, but found her way into Chicken Soup for the Soul. So tune into episode 116 if you want to hear a little bit more about that story. Uh, she's got a very popular podcast, the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast, uh, with three new podcasts every week. So be sure to check that out as well. Uh, and um, her latest book, which we're going to be talking about here, uh, The Forgiveness Fix, 101 stories about putting the past in the past and moving forward. So this is going to be, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be an epic conversation. Amy, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you. Oh, thanks for having me on. I'm so glad we're talking about forgiveness because I think that your audience, which is always trying to do new things to the utmost and disrupt the world in a positive way, people like us, we need every bit of energy that we have and we can't afford to be carrying around any emotional weight from the past. So true. It's so true. And, uh, you know, it's... (laughs) It's a it's a vast topic. I mentioned to a couple people. It's funny. I mentioned to a couple people exactly what we're going to be talking about today, and they go, "Ooh!" Like I think it hits everybody because it's it's a it's a it's an internal issue. It's an external issue. It's a uh, you know, there's a lot going on there. So, um, why don't we we just kind of jump right into it and talk about the 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 backdrop for why the book was created and and then kind of we're going to start talking about little areas of forgiveness in general so that way i think any of the audience all of us <laughs> that are going through anything at any point in time could also you know take something to, to think about in, in our own you know journeys so i've learned so much from editing all these chicken soup for the soul stories i must have read at least a hundred thousand you know true personal stories from people who really lay out their innermost feelings and, you know, their real milestone experiences, they, they really share very unselfishly with our readers. And I developed a philosophy about what is really important to being a happy and productive person. And I've ended up deciding that the two essentials with which you cannot be happy and productive uh, are gratitude and forgiveness. And so I actually went through cancer treatment Um, starting late in 2018. And I finished chemo in April of 2019. And I was really thinking a lot about getting toxicity out of my life. And I decided in April to put this book about the forgiveness fix on our publication schedule. And we did it pretty fast because I thought it was really important. And so it came out just last month. And it's been a huge hit. It's been on the self-help bestseller list ever since it came out, because I think everybody wants to remove toxic things from their own minds and from their own lives. I'm glad. Well, first of all, uh, thank God you're doing better. Thank um, you. Thank, and uh, my mother went through the exact, uh, not the, uh, probably the same um, uh, type of cancer, but same thing, late, uh, diagnosed late 2018 and chemo spring of 2019 and is now cancer free. God bless. Um, but, but it poses a lot of, a lot of questions about, you know, like you, as you mentioned, uh, just what else do we have to remove out of the body? Um, not just chemically, but, um, I have a question for you. Are you, do you equate, they say that cancers and a lot of medical issues are years of 
not always, but a lot of times are years of um, stress and other hard things that we've put on ourselves that have now manifested into real form. I don't know about that because I'm actually a really upbeat person and everybody always talks about how positive I am. Right. Uh, Particularly since I started with Chicken Soup for the Soul in 2008 because I've just learned so much. I have, you know, when you're reading all those stories from people, you really become more grateful for your own life and you realize how great your life is compared to what other people are going through. So I think I got cancer despite being an upbeat person. I mean, yeah, I'm stressed because I work really hard, but. I think it was just one of those things. I don't, I got tested for 88 cancer genes. I don't have any of them. Uh, It was just like bad luck. The doctor said it was spontaneous. And I was thinking, well, usually when people say I'm spontaneous, that's a good thing, (laughs) but not in this case. (laughs) But anyway, I, um, yeah, I'm feeling great now. I hope your mom is too. I feel like it never even happened. But, you know, I like to think of forgiveness as this weight that we carry around. Like imagine you have this cloak on and you sew onto this cloak every bad experience you've ever had. So this cloak is just getting heavier and heavier and it's covered with this collection of bad experiences and resentments and anger and disappointments. And it's weighing you down and it's behind you where it belongs, but you're dragging it with you into your present and you're going to drag it with you into your future also And so I just view it as something that you just need to shrug it off and say, yes, I can look back. I see those, that collection of bad experiences behind me, but I refuse to relive the emotions that went with those bad experiences. I will acknowledge that they happened and I'm probably pissed off that they happened, but I will not relive those emotions now. And is that something that you have... You, you can also identify with that maybe various parts of throughout your life at, at different times or different stages or phases? Oh, totally. Totally. So I looked up the definition of forgiveness and I was so surprised because I think the way we use the word forgiveness and forgive is probably wrong. You know how somebody says, oh, that was unforgivable. And what they're, what they're saying is that somebody did something and that thing was unforgivable, meaning that you could never excuse it. You could never change your perspective on it and say it was a good thing instead of a bad thing. Like it is definitely a bad thing, but it turns out the verb forgive doesn't mean that you're saying that the thing that happened wasn't so bad, or you're going to let the person who did it off the hook. Forgive just means that you've made a conscious decision not to relive the emotions that went with that experience. It's that simple. And so you don't even have to talk to the person who did it to you. In fact, they don't even have to be alive. It's just a decision that you can make in one second in your own brain. I will no longer relive that experience. I will no longer feel those emotions again. It's so true. You know, um, you don't have to necessarily forget, but you do have, but I think it's a, it's a huge um, uplift to get anything that's weighing on you off of you. Um, and, and I think there's just a lot of benefits, but, and, and by the way, so I shouldn't have just said stress, dis-ease, disease, dis-ease. A lot of times they've said, you know, like if you go to the Dr. Joe Dispenza kind of route and like how we, if we take things on for so long, they can manifest either, either in a material world in some capacity or sometimes, you know, as, uh, you know, as a form of 
of of something that can be harmful to our health and i think that that so for me it was just going down that rabbit hole uh you know seven seven eight years ago of like listen i i want to be healthy all around and i realized health also is a journey <laughs> that can take take some time but um i was raised very spiritually and very happy and very positive but i did notice that um everything from like psoriasis and eczema starting to clear up because i was you know between forgiveness or for um, getting things that weigh us down off of our shoulders and then also learning about internal peace and, and happiness. It's, there's so many benefits when, when we forgive. Um, and I like the fact that you brought up, you know, it's not like you were removing, oh, this didn't happen. It's just, I feel like coming to terms with it and saying, I now understand all the thoughts, feelings, emotions that come with it. And I'm ready to release it. I think that's just insanely powerful. Um, yeah, and speaking about power, if you keep reliving those emotions, you're giving all the power to that person who did that thing to you. Absolutely. Right? Like, why would you give that person power over you? You take back your power when you say, I am not going to experience those emotions over and over again. So I, I think I'm pretty good at that. I mean, I don't know. People come up to me all the time and they're complaining about somebody and I say to them, well, yeah, but that person's jealous of you, or you, you've just told me that person's mentally ill. So why are you letting it bother you? Why are you taking this personally? That's another thing we talk about in the forgiveness fix book. We talk about pre-forgiveness because how cool is it if you don't even get angry in the first place? Absolutely. If you use pre-forgiveness and you analyze each situation before you get angry or resentful or disappointed, you have already done a lot of the work. You saved yourself a lot of trouble down the road. So when somebody does something to me or a bad thing happens, I immediately analyze it. I'm like, oh, I bet that person's just having a really bad day. Or that person didn't really say that thing to me specifically. Anybody yes. could have been standing right there and heard that thing. You know, if you analyze the motivation behind what occurred and you realize it's not really directed at you, or even if it was directed at you, it's really because that person is mad at somebody else, but they triangulate their anger and they take it out on you because you're an easier target than the person they're really angry at. But if you analyze it, you can basically unwind at least half the things that happened to you and never even start to feel the emotions, those negative emotions. That's absolutely, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, anytime somebody is yelling and they're using all kinds of words or they're 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 angry they are in some capacity projecting from something inside that it could be a bad day you just happen to be at the exact right place at the right time to kind of for their tipping point or you know um happy i always say happy people don't attack yeah i agree so there's some really good um uh, tips in the book that can help uh, the people who are listening today, uh, because that's what we do with these personal stories. We're publishing 101 stories from 101 people, but then we don't like specifically say, here's your tip reader, because our <laughs> readers are really smart, but you read the story and you, you get the tip. And so I want to share some of those with you because there's some really great tips that I pulled from this book. Please do. All right. So here's the first one. And I love this one. I was talking to this woman, Linda Newton, she's a counselor, and she was telling me she watched some TV show, one of those kind of prank TV shows, and the prank they were pulling at people was they had a little convenience store, and 
people would go up to the counter and there was a sign that said, we don't make change. So they were filming people, you know, handing over a $10 bill for a soda and then not getting any change and watching their reaction. So this guy came up who was this like huge, burly, kind of rough guy who didn't look like he would react well to this. And he didn't see the little sign and he hands over 20 for, you know, $5 worth of stuff. And then he doesn't get change. And he said to the cashier, I think you owe me some change. And the cashier said, no, look at the sign. We don't make change. And the guy said, oh, got up, walked out the door. The film crew interviewed him outside. And they said to him, why didn't you get upset? And he said, I don't, this is what he said. I don't rent space in my mind to nobody. Not the best English, but what a great concept. He's not letting anybody else into his mind. And we had a story in the book from Lynn Sunday, and I thought it was great because she was newly divorced. She was furious with her ex-husband, and she talked about him all the time, and she thought about him all the time, and she felt her blood pressure go up when, when she thought about him. But she was obsessing. And finally, her best friend said, her best friend said to her, Lynn, you might as well still be married to the man. You take him with you wherever you go. Yes. And it was such an epiphany for Lynn. She's like, oh my God, why am I doing this? This guy is not, yeah, he's relevant to my life, but he's not relevant to my daily life. And so I just think just that mental image of just get that person or that event out of your head, just extract it now and put it down over there and walk away from it. I mean, I thought that was great. And the other thing is I love the idea of relevancy and it might sound a little snarky for a chicken soup for the soul person to say this, but you can declare that people are no longer relevant to you. And if they're not relevant to you, there's this little wall that goes up. They're on the other side of it. It doesn't really matter what they do. If they're shooting arrows at you from the other side of the wall, they're not hitting you because they're not relevant to you anymore. So I use that methodology a lot also when I'm uh, trying to keep anybody from hurting me. I just say, well, they're not relevant to my life, so it doesn't really matter what they do. Well, you know, it, what you just said, it definitely resonates with my, with my audience. <laughs> <I'll tell> you, <laughs> we got it. We have, you know, because, because they're all, they're all such, so dedicated to their growth, a lot of them too. And, it, and it, it's, it's a good point. You know, if you're not relevant to uh, my life or where I'm heading, I cannot give you energy. I, it, it, there's no disrespect to you on your side, uh, you know, Mr. or Ms. So-and-so. I just, it's not relevant to me. And I, I can't allow, and to Linda, what she learned, that I can't allow it to occupy that space, you know, from like that, that man said. I can't, I can't allow it to occupy space in my mind. I don't, I have to, I'm here. Uh, you know, I, I like the idea of I'm here for a purpose. I got to keep moving. I can't let that slow me down and, you know, make me spiral out of control. You know, it just, it just won't work. What are there some, what are, this was really good. Are there, I want you to give maybe a few more, um, a few more. Oh yeah. yeah. I've got some more for you. So what if somebody is still relevant to your life? Like there's nothing you could do about it. They're, they're staying yes. in your life right? and they're probably not going to really change. Right. A family member so, or like, yeah, or it's yeah, often a family an member or something colleague like at work. Right. So we had a story from this woman named L.Y. Levin and her mother-in-law was just nasty. I mean, can you imagine going to a wedding and your mother-in-law won't let you be in the family photos? Mm. You know, just crazy wow. stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just awful. So, so this woman, the daughter-in-law, she just decided one day that 
she was keeping like what she called a record of wrongs and she decided that she would write them all out. So she, she it took her days. She sat in front of her computer every now and then, you know, for days and she wrote maybe a hundred things that her mother-in-law had done to her. Some of which her mother-in-law didn't even realize she was doing. She just was clueless about it. And she wrote this whole list and then she read the list one item at a time. And after she read each item, she deleted it. And then she said, okay, I've now deleted the record of wrongs and I'm going to wipe the slate clean and I'm going to start fresh with my mother-in-law. Now, her mother-in-law probably wasn't acting any differently towards her, but L.Y. wasn't carrying the past with her into her continuing relationship with her mother-in-law. So you know how you react to somebody because you remember that thing they did to you three years ago? Right. If you, if you don't bring all of that with you, you stop letting that inform how you deal with somebody today. And so the daughter-in-law said her relationship got so much better with her mother-in-law once she deleted the past record of wrongs and started fresh. Another thing people do is they write a letter, but don't send it. Just right. write it, get it out, um, throw the letter away. I, a mess, method I used to use was I would talk to the person in the shower, and I was quite eloquent in the shower. And I would be explaining everything about why it was wrong. And then I would just wash my anger down the drain. People have so many different ways that they deal with this. And you just have to find a method that works for you. And with the 101 stories that we have in the forgiveness fix, there's definitely something that each of us can glom onto and say, that's the method that will work for how I think. No, I, I like that. Um, yeah, you could easily try each of these methods. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I, I too have done the shower uh, talk <laughs> when you, when you're, you, you're expressing how you really feel. It's, it's an interesting way of doing it because I feel like you're, you're, you're most eloquent because you're at your most calming because when we're sometimes in front of somebody, if they're already triggering us up in the first place, we almost can move out of that that frequency of, of strong communication and eloquent communication and right into flustered <laughs> and that we don't even get to say what we really want to say. So how much better is it sometimes to just have it out ahead of time and then bring yourself more present? I, I did like what you said also with the, with the lady who wrote it out. And, and I felt like when you don't bring that past, she's now operating from a present state like, oh, I, I, I don't know this woman any other way than how I'm operating right here then and now. I'm not, and I'm not drawing from any past experience. I'm just being present with her and handling this from exactly where it is right now. And hopefully then it becomes just, you know, a continuing good, good interaction, of course. So. And I like that story also for those of us who haven't really thought about the fact that you're reacting to somebody now based on your past experiences with yes. them. It's really good to help everybody understand, just draw that line in the sand and start over again. Where Don't carry everything from the past into your current relationships. You know, the Mayo Clinic did a study about the power of forgiveness to affect your health. And it was really interesting because they showed that uh, using forgiveness will lower your blood pressure. It will boost your immune system. It will uh, reduce anxiety and stress, which of course makes sense. Um, it also increases your mental health. It, um, it somehow helps to lessen the symptoms of depression, um, and it leads to healthier relationships, which of yes. course makes sense because 
if you're not carrying around all that bitterness, you're actually a better person to hang out with. Have you ever known somebody who just always has that kind of tight, bitter look on their face? And you know they're carrying around like everything that has ever happened to them in their lives. Absolutely. Energy yeah, and you don't want to hang out with that person nope. because it's unpleasant. And you just know, oh, my God, they're about to blow, right? Yep. Yeah. So that's what the lack of forgiveness does to people. It's true. You you can see you can feel it in their energy in their presence, you know. Then and then they then they wonder why they're stuck. And I'm like, you're in a loop. You're in a pattern. Um. So you mentioned you started mentioning, you know, these benefits that Mayo Clinic found. Um. Any any personal ones that you have found that um from from a, a strong practice of forgiveness or that uh, you've noticed as a recurring theme from others other um in the book uh, that you know, other benefits, if you will, of, of forgiveness as a whole of, you know, in their life? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there are a lot of people who were so stuck that they, they just couldn't do anything in their lives at all. Like mm-hmm. we had this one woman, uh, Christy Heitger Ewing, and this woman lost her mom to suicide, which was pretty awful. And her mom had tried to commit suicide one month. The family had found out she took pills. They had gotten her to the hospital in time, and they saved her. And then a few weeks later, Christy got a call from her father, and he said she did it again. And this time the doctors don't think that they can save her. So Christy was in her 40s, and her mom was gone. And she was so angry with her mom for abandoning her and abandoning the whole family And then she eventually realized that her mom had clinical depression and that it was a disease. And it was really just the same as if her mother had died of cancer or a heart attack. Like she had a disease and the disease killed her. And Christy went and got all these facts about clinical depression. And that allowed her to forgive her mom, not feel that she was abandoned. Instead, she moved to feeling gratitude for the 40-something years that she had with her mother And Christy forgave herself for being mad at her mother, which is really important. Also, you talked about self-forgiveness when we started. And gosh, sometimes we're so much harder on ourselves than we are on other people. So that's one thing that we all have to learn is, hey, if you're willing to let someone else make a mistake and say, it's okay, everybody makes mistakes, you got to say it to yourself as well. Yeah. I mean, we're our harshest critics, right? You know, interestingly enough, um, she also sought to understand her mother's condition, right? Understanding. Sometimes, yes. And if she had done that right. even before she got mad, then she would have been using the pre-forgiveness we were talking about. So right. I'm sure she learned from that, that going forward, before she even got angry at somebody, she would first analyze the situation and get all the facts. We had a story from a woman named Nancy, and she was angry over more of an everyday transgression. She she and her husband were supposed to be hosting a New Year's Eve party together And he got stuck at work because New Year's Eve was on a weekday and turned out somebody at work had not done the year-end inventory properly and they had to start it fresh and the entire company had to stay on New Year's Eve and hand count all of the inventory because it had to be right for the end of year accounting. And this woman, Nancy, was home trying to host this big New Year's Eve party all by herself. She was miserable. She kept disappearing into the bedroom to cry Her husband texted her every hour, like, I'm trying, I'm trying, but I'm still not there. She didn't know, however, that they had this year-end inventory problem. Finally, he came home just before midnight. She was furious. Then he told her what had happened. 
And her New Year's resolution became, get the facts before I get angry. <laughs> that, was, that was her resolution. That's... Now, you know, with New Year's coming eventually, I mean, it's not that far away. Um, another thing that I learned in this book was that it's never too late to use the power of forgiveness. Absolutely. So there was this really, really good story. Um, in fact, I made it the first story in the whole book. Um, it's by Lauren Magliaro. And she grew up in this family where her father and his brother didn't talk. And she didn't know why. It was just the case. As you know, From an early age, she knew that her father and his brother were estranged. And they would go to family events and the two brothers wouldn't speak to each other. And then when Lauren was in college, she got a call that her father had a brain aneurysm and was in the hospital, you know, on the brink of death. And she rushed home from college, got to the hospital, saw this strange man standing by her father's bed. It was his brother. He appeared. The two brothers didn't even talk about whatever stupid thing they had been arguing about. They just took right back up as best friends. Lauren's father survived his brain aneurysm just fine. And those two brothers had each other for the next 20 years. So that's another great lesson that it is never too late to just go to that person and say like, let's just start over right now. I don't even want to talk about what happened and just move forward and refind each other. It's so true. I, I, I like to get your facts straight before. <laughs> it's so true though, because we, we, we can make up all kinds of stories in our head why why this why that but unless we again if unless we seek to understand what's going on and get all the facts or get all get, you know understand what is happening before we allow our emotions to take over and you know and uh not be so kind enough to forgive or or to understand it it can throw us off completely as it did with that lady and then you know and then yeah i, I do also like um i sometimes feel like people are so invested uh, it, it, well, I've already been this way for 50, 60 years, so it's not going to change now. Uh, and I, I, or, oh, well, we just haven't spoken in 10 years, 15 years, so that's just the way it's going to be. And I say no. I, I say that, you know, it let's, before you leave this lifetime, let's, you know, let's get, I, I, some people could argue against that, I, I, but I think it's great to, it's never too late. I, I think that it's, it's, um, I think it's meaningful to within that lifetime, uh, well, for the most part, at least. I can't speak for all occurrences or, or experiences, but like something like that with the with that man, I think that it's important that we don't um, leave this lifetime without kind of. I don't know if I'm crossing the boundary though on that. What what is your take on that? So I think it. You know, you could say no, the person's no longer relevant to me, or you right, could say exactly. I want the person back. So I think it really depends on whether it's bugging you. You're estranged from somebody. Let's That's say. True. Is it bugging you? Do you want to get back together? That's true. Or have you moved on and that person's on the other side of your relevancy wall and you're okay with leaving the person there where they can't hurt you? So you just have to decide which you would prefer. It's You're not duty bound That's to get true. back together with everybody. But if you want to, there's definitely a path to get back together with them and you'll get a lot of ideas from this book. You know, it was funny because as I was saying that to you and at, then asking you for that piece of advice real quick is because I was actually literally thinking of people who are exactly that. They're just no longer relevant. They're like from almost 20 years ago. And I'm like, eh, I, I'm at peace. Yeah, you don't <laughs> you need know? it. I forgave I, them from afar. I think we're pretty good. Now, <laughs> I forgave myself. Yeah. What do you do if the person's dead? Like in Christy, in Christy's case, her mother was dead, but Christy found forgiveness anyway. And that 
I think that's an issue, especially during this time of year when people are thinking about holidays and past holidays and the past Hanukkahs or the past Christmases. But we had another story. It's story 21 in the book by Noelle Stern. And her father had been Juilliard trained, but uh, couldn't like make a living and support his family as a classic classical musician. And so he gave up the music that he loved and took some boring job and was kind of cold and distant as he raised his kids. And and Noel had always really resented him for not being like the other dads, not being warm like the other dads. And then she finally figured it out after he died. And she figured out, oh my gosh, this was a Juilliard trained musician who never got to do what he loved and was basically condemned to this life of servitude to make enough money to raise you know, the family that she was part of. And so she wrote a letter to him after his death and she said how grateful she was to him. And she felt completely healed after that and free. Uh, and that's something we hear a lot from people that when they use the power of forgiveness using any of the different methods that are in this book, they always use the words free and light mm-hmm. uh, because emotions really do have a weight, you know, and they just press down on you. And boy, do they impair your performance going forward if, you know, some percentage of your brain is still you know, ruminating over these la- these these past actions, it's really depleting your total energy and directing a good portion of your energy towards stuff that is not at all productive. I think it's good that you brought up um, that it can really impact your performance because I think sometimes people overlook that. Performance in their job, performance in their relationships, performance in their health, performance in their, you know, their commitments in general. Uh, they can lose a lack of, uh, they can lose focus in things that you know need their right energy and attention, um, and I, and I they don't realize how much energy they can give to something that doesn't need it or deserve it um, when other parts of their life really do. You know. Yeah. I, right. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, and a lot of it is family forgiveness because I think that hurts the most. Yes like being disappointed in a parent or in a sibling, because those are the people who you're supposed to be able to rely on to be, Mm. you know, the easiest people for you. (laughs) Uh, You know, they're supposed to be the ones that are unconditionally loving you and supporting you. And then when they don't, it's a real blow, isn't it? Uh, So a lot of the stories we have in here are about people learning to forgive their parents, either while they're still alive or after they're gone. I know I meet a lot of people who are talking about what their parents did or didn't do to them. You know, if they're saying what they didn't do, it means they weren't supporting them enough. And if they talk about what they did do, it's like, oh, my mother always was in a bad mood or my father was always distant and never came to my school performances or whatever it was. So a a lot of that is going on in this book. We have a lot of people dealing with parent issues. Do you feel trying to figure out the best way to word this that um do you feel that sometimes and this is where i think it goes back to self-forgiveness because individuals can also place a lot of expectations on how other people should be when other people as well are also on their path and journey and have to figure out how to have their own accountability that they don't necessarily do everything right or wrong, depending on who's right and you know what's right and what's wrong. But 
do you get where I'm going with that? Like, I feel like um, a lot of people, well, you know, for example, I could easily say, well, my parents didn't do this. I mean, my parents did a lot for me, but I, mean, I could just use an example. My parents didn't do this. But at the end of the day, is that my expectation that they should have done something like that? And and if they didn't do something like that, do I ha- should I let that even impinge on, you know, I, I, I like the idea when you said of like forgiving um, for a parent or something like that, because it's like, well, I'm forgiving also an expectation maybe I put on them um, that I shouldn't let that hold me back. If I didn't get that, I should go provide that for myself then. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think it it's part of growing up, realizing that parents <laughs> yeah. parents are just people. Exactly. And siblings are just people. And everybody does their best. But also there can be things that you expected, but then they did something else that took up an equal amount of time. Like my father, who is still alive, uh, but he has dementia, so I can say whatever I want. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he won't. Great. He won't really understand what you know if he ever heard this. But he never came to a performance at school. He, I was in the hospital a few times as a child. He never came to visit me in the hospital because he just doesn't do that. But then he did all these other great things, you know. So you have to say, well, yeah, I didn't do that normal thing like going to my school performance. But then he took me on all his business trips, and I got to travel all over the world. Well, how many other kids got to do that? So. You have to be analytical and you really have to say, my parents did the absolute best they could. I remember um, a story we had, and it wasn't in this book, but it was a great story about forgiveness. It was this woman who went to a divorce support group because she just couldn't get, she just couldn't get over her divorce and she couldn't move forward with her life. She was so stuck. So she went to this support group and the leader of the group said, I want you all to repeat after me, in my marriage, I did the best that I could. And so everybody said, in my marriage, I did the best that I could. And then she said, okay, now I want you to say, in my marriage, my spouse did the best that he or she could. And nobody would say that. Nobody would say that in their (laughs) marriage, their spouse did the best that he or she could. And this leader said, you just all said that you did the best that you could why wouldn't you assume your spouse did the best that he or she could also? And it just didn't work. And that was an epiphany for that woman. And she all of a sudden said, Oh my gosh, my husband did the best that he could. It just didn't work. We weren't right for each other. It was just a fail. And she was freed instantly from whatever was holding her back. And she moved forward in her life and became a happy person. But we can apply that way of thinking to parents, siblings, work colleagues, the cashier at the store who was grumpy, whoever it is. Everybody's doing the best that they can. It might just not be enough to work in our particular lives, but maybe that person just isn't that good at stuff, but everybody's trying. So if you go into life with that attitude, everybody's trying, you really won't get as angry at people when they let you down because you can just say, well, they're just not good at that. Right. And, you know, they're operating to whatever capacity they have reached or uh, are at or have been raised with or wherever they're, whatever level they are at, that's where they're operating from. And we can't expect more or less or anything. That's what they're, that's what they're playing with. And exactly. I, right? And you can start to feel grateful then and say, yes. oh, well, that work colleague just can't do any better than that. Boy, am I glad I am not him. I am so glad I am not saddled with those issues and that I'm capable of doing 
these things well, even if that person over there can't, it might make you feel a little superior and maybe that's a little snarky, but you have to accept that people are doing the best that they can. So that has helped me so much through life, realizing that just about everybody is trying their hardest. It's true. Uh, you know, and then um, it you start to remove the expectations that you have, well, at least I have found for me personally, um, expectations I have from anybody. Like I don't, it would, I don't want to attach myself to any outcomes or any expectations of, of, of anybody because they're operating at the best capacity. Either the energy matches uh, or influences me to even be even better or, or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, um, no harm, no foul, but I got to keep moving. <laughs> you know, that's just the, 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 yeah, the you don't try to make some, exactly. yeah, don't make them into something that they can't be. I mean, if you try to make somebody into something they're not, and then you're mad at them because they can't do it. Well, they couldn't do it. It's the same thing with politics. You know, everybody talks about, oh, the holidays are so hard because I have to go and be with family members or friends. And we have very different thoughts now about what is right in politics. And I just have come to grips with it myself saying, look, we, we all want what's best. Yeah. And we just have different opinions about what that is. So I have to not be angry with people for having a different opinion because they are in good faith, you know acting that way and believing that and they're good people we just have different opinions and so i i'm not really mad at anybody right now and that is such a great way to live i don't know if you can say it yourself matt if you can say i am not mad at anybody right now but if you get to that point it's very very liberating I I actually can say I am not mad at anybody right now. I that also took a lot of work, <laughs> but um, yeah, isn't I was it great, you know it's, it, it's wonderful. It is well, you know. Um, the funny thing is, is I, I was always kind of like the mediator type, anyways, growing up. Like I made everybody kind of you know, um, uh, come together, feel better about situations. You know, let's create the win win, et cetera. But you know, I I still harbored things internally that I didn't realize until I worked on them over time. Um, but to get to a place of such inner peace, and I, I still feel like I'm even at the, I, I, to keep myself grounded, I always say I'm still at the beginning of that, you know, even though I've been doing it for years now, but to get to a place of inner peace, I think is, uh, it, it, it just feels good. So like, it, it's interesting because you, you, you start to see things so differently. So like, yeah, if you do see people attacking or people say certain things, you're like, yeah. You're all right, you know, and then, and then and then they sometimes get mad that you're not mad and like, look, I'm I'm not mad because I'm just not attached to I'm just listening. I'm just listening and observing, you know, and then I feel like people feel good that they feel heard, even if you completely disagree with what they're saying, because it's like they're heard. And I'm like, I hear what you're saying. Thank you for sharing. You know, I'm I'm not going to take any of that information with me moving forward. <laughs> you know, if, 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 it <laughs> right, right. if it doesn't resonate with me. But but who am I? Who am I? to tell you, A, you're wrong, because in your world, it might justify everything and anything. So who am I to tell you otherwise? And and, I, and I'm not here. And also, something that really helped me is, uh, uh, I'm not here to convince anybody. Uh, I don't, I think if we try to convince people, we spend too much time and energy doing that. And uh, there was a really great individual online that was talking about this, um, who has tons and tons of content, tons and tons of books. And he he said that if I have to spend longer than 10 minutes trying to convince somebody, or if I find myself that I'm trying to convince somebody, I have to stop immediately stop myself. It, he was referring to in business because my energy could be spent with time where I'm not, where I'm with people who I'm not trying to convince because who am I to convince? And also in business, 
um, you know, I I don't I don't want to con- I don't want to tell people otherwise how they should do things if they're not wanting to have those kind of conversations with the things that I know are working while there's things while their things are not. It's not me on me to convince them. I'm not here to do that. So yeah, yeah. we just offer up what we know, and if they take it, fine. And if they don't, exactly. that's fine too. Exactly. I believe in in business in the whole concept of low hanging fruit. Yes. You know, whatever you're selling, whether you're selling getting more people to download your podcast, whether you're selling cars, whatever it is, whatever you're selling, you go after the people who are more likely to take it. Yes, that's I, exactly I, it. We, I used to have a marketing person I worked with at a different place who would try to go after the people who weren't buying it at all. Yeah. You know, be like, well, in this particular segment, nobody's buying this product. So that is a completely open area for us. I'm like, no. Let's go to the segment where three percent of all people have bought it, but they are the exact right demographic. How much easier is it for us to sell to them? Right. You know, primed and ready. So I agree with you. Um, and that's how we deal with people. Also, you don't try to argue with them. You go after the low hanging fruit, the people who you can help, whose yes. opinions you can change. But you know, we're lucky because. They have to download your podcast. They have to download my podcast in order to listen. So they've already volunteered to hear whatever wisdom <laughs> we're trying to share with them. Right. Or in my case, they have to go and read my book. So they're volunteering for the experience. So that's great. I'm speaking to a willing audience. Yeah, yeah. You know, the and that's and that's exactly. I and I and I feel like that's where business and life are so synonymous, um, and, and they they intersect. Where you know I'm going to go find the people that I know are wanting the help or are in need of that, whether in uh, your uh, life or in business. And and then if those that aren't, you're like, oh, yeah, no, no problem. We're probably not for you. Like, wait, 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 wait. Let me, why are you not for me? Like, oh, well, this is specifically what we're trying to do and who needs it? Well, I need it. Like, right, well, uh, okay, but we're not here to convince you. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Like, we're, we, we've, we're so busy with helping all of these people over here. If you want to join, Please join. But if you don't, you, you got to get out of the way for all the other people that are trying to get through, you know, that are that are wanting it. And um, and I think when you take that kind of attitude, especially in marketing and sales, um, you know, uh, and you know exactly you know the people that you're trying to help because convincing is just. Um, it is time consuming, it is energy consuming, and there's resistance in some capacity of maybe you might just very well be happy where you're at. And if you're not, but there's still resistance, who am I to change that for you? I Do I have this particular solution? Yes. But I also know that a solution is met halfway. I provide the solution, you show up to do the work. <laughs> you know, and if not, then like, I, you know, I've got to keep moving. So, uh, but that's a little bit of a tangent. Um, do you have any, any, any of the other, you know, uh, stories in the book that that resonated with you. I mean, I know all of them resonated with you personally, but were there a couple of those that really stood out that you were like, "Huh, I hadn't thought about that before," or um, "I I've tried a lot of things, I hadn't tried that one. That was really interesting," or just one that you just like to talk about? I I guess um, some of these stories just reinforce stuff that I already knew. But you know how sometimes even when you know something, you just need to hear it again. It really helps. Yes. Uh, you know, so, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so for me, these, that these just reinforce the things I already knew I was supposed to be doing, like the deciding if somebody's still relevant, the 
saying, okay, if they are still relevant, then let's just go have a fresh start. And we don't even have to talk about the past. We'll just decide to start fresh. I loved that concept of the woman. I guess I did learn something new from the woman who made the list on her computer of the hundred different wrongs. And then she just deleted them one by one and then found that her relationship with her mother-in-law was so much better. And I think that that was a new idea for me. It really helped me to understand fully that you do bring all of the past experiences with a particular person into your present relationship with them. So the fact that she just made a decision in her own head to just put all those past experiences out of her mind so that she could have new experiences with her mother-in-law that weren't colored by past disappointments. I thought that was brilliant. So I think that's probably the life skill that was added to my toolkit from this book. Yeah. You know, there's so many, um, there's so many great, um, interesting lessons that come just from that one single act of forgiveness um, I was just, as I was, I was scrolling through a bunch and then, you know, I have the book and I was reading some of them already, but just, just the like acceptance, most people don't even think about like acceptance coming from forgiveness, but that's, uh, like, uh, I think there was one story where, um, a woman I think was body shaming herself from just because when she was younger and she was teased, she couldn't fit into all the clothing and things like that. But then, you know, forgiving herself, um, she then learned to accept herself and in learning to accept herself, you know, started loving her body. But it just, it, it's funny how we don't realize how deep-rooted, you know, um, the simple act of forgiving ourselves or others can actually play in a part of opening up a whole other dimension or, or a realm. Or even like, she never even thought about how forgiveness could, could really even relate to her body. She just looked at it as like, you know, for a long time of, this is how my body is and, you know, and, and et cetera. But um I'm trying to remember which. Uh, if I could... Oh, I know which story it was. 63. It was, I think it was number 63. It was, yeah, it was Nicole McAllister. So she, and she's talked about this in other stories where she finally, and it's funny, somebody, I was talking to a woman just this week who said the exact same thing to me. So Nicole and this woman this week said the same thing. She looked at her body and she said, wait a minute, this is the body that bore my children. This is the body that is, that you know, is strong enough to bring groceries into my house and to cook food and to go out in the garden and work the garden. This is the body that does all of those things. Why am I mad at this large, strong body that I have that does so many great things? And she forgave her teenage self for being so mad at herself for not being a skinny teenage girl. I mean, some teenage girls are really skinny and some teenage girls already have a more womanly body. And so she had to go back and forgive her younger self for being so self-critical. And she finally came to acceptance, you know, as a middle-aged woman, at least she got there, you know, yeah. it's never too late. Yeah. Well, and, and it's interesting because the body itself even starts to, to take shape differently in, in forgiveness. I mean, I even started doing that with, um, with even like uh, skin, like irritation, like a little bit of a, like psoriasis. Like I have the most minor form of it, but I started learning about, um, like any kind of forgiveness, because a lot of people say, well, you know, it's from stress. I'm like, I'm not that stressed. I mean, like, you know, I work hard, just like you said. I, I felt like I felt you when you said earlier in the beginning, and you're like, well, I mean, I work hard, but I'm not that stressed of a person because I, I mean, and I'm heavily meditated because uh, <laughs> I meditate every morning. 
but um but they still say well it's some maybe some emotional something somewhere inside and so i started doing that like where i'm like you know i love these elbows <laughs> you know, I'm, like, I'm like thank you so much for like you know being able to like lean on and like you know and lift with my arms and you know and uh, having a different relationship it sounds small and funny but it actually really really works so both you know from the gratitude and then any forgiveness sometimes where it's like oh you know um sorry if i ever did this or whether it's related to somebody else or to me um and just it's interesting how it starts to it starts to change your body um there's there's a there's powerful things that go on from forgiveness gratitude positivity mindset that happen at the cellular level um you know that you know what she might have looked at her body one way now might actually either a look different or even start to transform in some ways just because of having a, a healthy you know, perspective on, on how awesome her body really is. You know, it's, it, it's just a fascinating thing that like, the, to your point, bringing back the power, you know. Yeah. And we all look better actually when we're not carrying around right? all of those disappointments. I mean, I can, I don't know if everybody does this, but I look at people and I can see if they have that tense face. Yes. You can see it, right? You can yes. see somebody who's carrying the past resentments, that whole collection of bad things around with them. And sometimes you don't even want to go near that person. No. Because you're just you just feel like this is not going to be pleasant. This person is so filled with past anger, it's just going to come out in our current relationship, so I don't want to go there. <laughs> it's so true. By the way, the only reason I'm laughing is because it was about four or five months back, I was actually I was, I was in an office briefly uh, where a situation where I was – meeting somebody to particularly go over potential something for business and that actually happened i'm like hey i can go if you'd like you know and this individual is like well you know impress me first and i'm like yeah i think i'm gonna go <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's good it's self-preservation right. you know it's, it's really good to learn which situations to just avoid so you never even get the toxicity right. into your life that you then have to go and remove well, Just don't get it in the first place. Yeah, you know, and it was interesting because because the prior phone call was so good, so it it came at it. So I think there was one of your points earlier. Like sometimes it just by circumstance it could just happen. At, you just never know whether by someone's day or whatever it might have been. But it was a very interesting thing. But what felt so good about this, Amy, was that like it felt good because of me doing the right thing for myself, but also not judging that individual as well either in the process that so when you ask about like you know i'm not mad at anybody it's when you really start to practice it to a point where you're like interesting like because i'm also not i mean normally what you would done my former older new york self would have came out <laughs> from years ago but it didn't i'm I, I almost if anything i just almost kind of feel bad you must be going through something and you know whether you you know however quote unquote successful you're throwing around everything in, in my face like that's fine. But for whatever reason, I, I feel bad. Like maybe there's something going on in your life that I just don't know about. And oh, oh well. So it was it was such a nice feeling of having that internal peace and forgiveness. It, 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 forgiveness even in a chance or in an encounter that you don't necessarily see coming and understanding it right away. And then also getting up and moving, removing yourself from the situation all in one while also not judging and accepting that other person and yourself and being happy. So it's powerful. It's very powerful. It's very powerful. And I'm actually, I just decided, it's funny, I tweeted, I did a, um, an appearance on a national talk show called Home and Family. Mm -hmm. uh, it, the, it aired on Wednesday. And I was tweeting, uh, you know, like the link to the appearance. And, um, and I wrote, 
I wrote, uh, you know, I've become more and more convinced that forgiveness is an essential part of your happiness toolkit. And then I said, oh, my God, I have my next book idea. I'm going to write a book called Your Happiness Toolkit. And so I'm going to I'm going to be talking about forgiveness again. We're going to put out a book in September of 2020 called Your Happiness Toolkit. And I'm going to have the seven you know, most important life skills you need in your toolkit to be happy. And forgiveness is going to be one of them. So I'm going to revisit this topic. Oh, perfect. Well, anytime, anything, anywhere in the future, you let me know wherever I can contribute value. Because I, I think it's, it's just it's such an amazing um, that inner peace, that happiness, um, you know, especially, and I, I talked about this briefly on, I, I was on a national talk show, but it was on a, I was interviewing on a podcast the other day and I, I was saying that, um, you know, we go after all of these things. Well, whether the material things or in some cases, when I have that spouse or when I have that job or when I have that, whatever it might be for, for happiness and they will never fulfill you. And not only that, Will you never be able to bring the kind of level of beautiful energy to those things when they come if you weren't already it yourself, if you weren't already feeling the happiness and the joy and the peace up front before you got to it uh, and having that gratitude even before you you ever stepped into it? Uh, doing that is is was a was and is a game changer in general um, because then you 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 enjoy the process more. I also subtangent. I just I didn't for the longest time I got really um, bent out of shape when people say, well, you know, embrace the process. I shouldn't say bent out of shape, but people say enjoy the process, embrace the process. I I just didn't understand it until I really understood it. I'm like, well, let's dissect that a little bit. And I feel like when you really start to um, dive into the details that is your life. Um, and have that relationship with yourself or anything that you're involved in that that means something to you you actually find so much more happiness and you find that life can kind of in a weird way slow down a little bit you know um it's fast but it, it slows down you feel more present and that happiness and forgiveness is just a big essential part of it it is it helps you to slim down all the stuff you're carrying in your yes. brain it's like i'm really in the process now of getting rid of stuff yes and that also means slimming down all the stuff you carry around in your head. So part of my new minimalism is to uh, use forgiveness on absolutely everything and also use that pre-forgiveness and never let that stuff in my head in the first place. That's absolutely true. Amen. Thank you. Um, well, where can everybody find you online? Where can they find the books online? Give us everything. So I have a website that somebody runs for me that I never really look at, but it's called amynewmark.com. You can also go to chickensoup.com. You'll see the forgiveness books fix book there. You can uh, click on it on our, like the carousel on the front, and then it will take you to the book page where you can read all the chapters and see more about the book. Um, you can watch the book trailer, uh, watch the appearance on home and family also, the book is available at Walmarts all over the country, at Books a Million, at Barnes and Noble. Of course, it's on Amazon. Um, it's actually one of the best-selling self-help books now. Oh, this is really amazing and um, makes me feel really, really good. We have six books in the top 12 self-help new paperbacks Um according to Nielsen. So we're having a really wonderful Christmas season. So okay. if, if you go to a store and they happen to be out of the forgiveness fix, then just go pick it up on Amazon, which still has stock. Uh, I love it. And congratulations and well-deserved because you guys put out incredible content. You put out incredible books. 
Um, and, uh, I've been, uh, I've been a fan for years. <laughs> so the, again, I was so grateful, uh, when you guys reached back out and you're like, Hey, you want to do, you want to do another podcast episode? Uh, here's the book. Here's the, here's the topic. I'm like, yes. <laughs> it's so well, good. thanks for having me on. I really like reaching out to your audience because it's a different audience than my traditional audience. Yeah. And I think this topic cuts across all demographic lines. It it does. It does. And uh, yeah, again, you know, our, our audience, they, man, they range in, you know, your entrepreneurs to your creators, to your artists, to your, you know, to the music and the fashion world. And tech. I mean, they're all, they're all doing very creative, but entrepreneurial type of things. And along the, and what do we know about entrepreneurship and creativity? It's a, it's our, it's a, a path of self and understanding our greater self, right? Um, because we have to, <laughs> especially as an entrepreneur, you got to solve things much faster, including, <laughs> including your own issues. So uh, anything that helps uh, expedite that process, especially a, a topic like as big as forgiveness. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Amy. I really appreciate having you on. Well, thank you. And I hope you have a wonderful holiday season and a wonderful new year. Thank you. Thank you. Same to you and your family. For everybody listening, appreciate each and every one of you. Please be sure to check out Amy. Uh, you can go to amynewmark.com, but she said, you know, chickensoup.com is probably the best way. Uh, all the different books, including um, this, uh, The Forgiveness Fix, please check that out. Um, we'll probably have her back on next year to talk about two or three other topics, I'm sure. Amy, you, you're welcome back on anytime, by the way, because I always say it's very journey-driven, and uh, I, I love when our guests come back on. So I just want to let you know that as well, too. Well, thanks, and um, thanks for having me. And now I'm going off for a lovely three-day visit to Santa Barbara, California to rest and relax and refresh. Oh, beautiful. It's one of my favorite cities, actually, in the country. So enjoy that. Thank uh, you. Thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. All right. For bye. Bye. For everybody listening, thank you so much for uh, another great episode. And for Hustle Separately and for myself, Matt Gottesman, we are out. Mm-hmm.